Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gay Bible. Hashtag Bible Gang. Hashtag Bible Squad. Hashtag Gang Gang. Uh. Guys, we are joined with a very special guest. I know I keep saying that, but every guest honestly just seems like a complete and utter fucking blessing in my eyes. They're all so sweet. They're all so kind. And they mean so much to me. So give it up for the amazing uh, disciple, possibly, that we will be having today. Yay. That's my self-round of applause. <laughs> Okay, so again, you know the fucking, you know the drill. Are you going to be anonymous, a little pussy ass anonymous bitch? Are you going to be one of my disciples? Come to the dark side. Oh gosh, I will be a disciple on. Um, I have one request. What's the request? I want to play the rule of Judas. You want to play the rule of Judas? Yeah, the backstabbing bitch. Oh, I'm so down for that. <laughs> That's totally okay. We're here for that. Okay, good. All right, I'll be a disciple. So, disciple, drum roll, please. Logan Barnes. Ooh, oh, he, shit, he even put his last name in there. <laughs> no. oh, oh, my <laughs> God. Instagram. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you go to a job interview, and they're like, so, like, you qualified, like, you were one of our best candidates, but... We saw that you were on this show talking about dick and getting just slathered and lube. Like, we can't hire you after this. Honestly, I'd accept that. You'd be like, it's totally okay. Would I want to work there if they didn't accept me? You're like, you don't like bottom bitches working for you? I'm done. If I can't bring my lube and poppers to work, then what am I going to do? If I can't bring my lube and poppers to work, what's the point of living? <laughs> what? Come on. Logan, say it loud and proud. I want to fuck and I want to have sex. Sloppy, passionate sex. I want to fuck, and I want to have sex. Sloppy, passionate sex. <laughs> yes, we're here for that. And making you say those, why do you think those two words are so hard to say and so frowned upon to say in society? I would say it's mainly to do with the fact that it's like we American culture, bedroom time is meant to stay in the bedroom. You know, in Germany or Europe and everything, like being naked, sex, like bathhouses is like a very common thing. Here, bathhouses is a gay sex thing. When you talk about bathhouses, it's about going in, and like catching STDs, being naked, walk, like it's it's a very different environment. But I think it's a positive thing to shift the perspective in that. Like bedroom doesn't have to stay in the bedroom, especially when it's scrutinized in um, a negative way. It's something to be proud about. 
Well, because in Europe, I one of my exes at the time, he was telling me when he went to Europe, there were cir- circuit parties that he would go to, and they would hire people to get up on the front stage, and you could literally go up there and fuck them. But they had a law where you could fuck them, but you couldn't come inside of them. That's where they drew the line. Wow. <laughs> they were like, you can fuck them all you want, but you cannot come in them. You will be arrested. Quite the you line. Nasty bitch. <laughs> Who's watching? Who's regulating that? I'd love to see an officer just like watching up close being like don't do it don't fucking do it and that's the other thing is is the way that sex is looked at it is geared in a negative light toward uh, minority groups uh perfect example when a female has lots of sex that's seen as a negative thing when a male has lots of sex it's seen as a good thing you know um you're either a player or a slut and that sucks but it's either changing that perspective or being proud of being a slut. <laughs> there is no shame in that. The word is so stigmatized uh, and in this negative light that people are afraid to step into that light. If that could be changed, I feel like that would be a huge step in the right direction. What did your sex ed class teach you? Did it teach you about how to have sex with a same-sex partner? Like, what was the depth of that education? So, I remember sex ed, um, and I remember being one of the only out gay kids in my high school, um, and so when the whole sex ed thing happened, um, which was so much fun for everyone involved, just sitting in a classroom, so awkward, um, but the nervous laughter, exactly. People looking around being like, oh my gosh, like not me, but no, everyone. Um, it was interesting because it was obviously geared towards like, um, even like in Washington state, I went, I lived in like a, a liberal area. Um, it was geared towards like straight man, straight female sex. Like this is how it works. This is how babies are made. Um, which I mean, it, all of it's important to know. But did they ever teach you about same sex couples and how you should be having sex? And no, that wow. never happened. Um, the only representation I saw of gay people, um, in sex ed was when we watched the AIDS video. And that's not even like the AIDS video. What was we didn't get the AIDS video. What did you get? Oh, there is this video, and it was all it was centered around AIDS. And every person they interviewed, there was one straight person, but there was like ten people total. It was like gay, gay, lesbian, trans. It was the whole LGBTQ community um, represented in this video, which just helped. Like, yes, there's representation. But in this negative light, it's not the way that, like, the gay community should be seen. Like, we shouldn't be... A a staple of the gay community is not AIDS. Like, that's not what we're known for. But that's how it's been for, like, when I was young and I was, you know, coming to my sexuality, that was the education where it was like, AIDS is for gay people. Like, God has marked you with this disease. Like, that's what my parents would always tell me. No, and that's... It's interesting because that... um, The religion of it all, the... I mean... The sex ed, all of it is just like any mention of like gays um, or just like the queer community has a tinge of AIDS. <laughs> like they they can't bring it up without bringing like they're they're one and the same for a, a lot of people. For a lot of teaching facilities, they look at it the same way. And so when they educate about gay people, they're not going to do so without talking about AIDS. And I think that's like a lot of people's first introduction to gay sex. Um, and I think like. Because high school, I mean, middle school, high school, whenever you learn about it, you're very impressionable. And so when they bring up gay people, and that's like a very awkward subject, being gay at that age, no matter like what time um, 
we're in, like what decade it is, it doesn't matter. It's still awkward. Um, and that's fine. Like everything's awkward. The whole sex ed, I'm not saying just the gay part was awkward. I'm saying all of it was awkward. Um, but especially when it came to the gay people, I remember when that video was put up and there was a gay guy, I remember multiple heads turning and looking at me and I was like, Oh God, I was like, now you're like, turn the fuck around you bitches. Like as if I had AIDS, they all looked at me as if they were like, Oh my God. No, And that's what happens. Like when you're introduced to that as such a young child, other people are also introduced to that. Yeah. So when you come out, that's one of the first things that people think about that don't know any better that are not educated where they look at you and they're like, "Mm -hmm, better be careful. Yeah. And then it just isolates you because people stop looking at you as a person and more like a sickness. I mean, I know personally for mine, it literally involved watching a video of a woman popping a baby out of her snatch. Oh my god, wait, was the hairy, hairy ass vagina. We all watched the same video. Ew. Literally, I have a friend That's from what California me- <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that video. I'm like, that video? And we all know the video. Why that one? Because <laughs> that hairy ass fucking vagina that looks like the cookie monster was used to <laughs> oh fucking scare god. us. Like, after I saw that video, I was like, I don't even want to have sex with a man after this. <laughs> you know, I wonder where, you know, that, that like show, where are they now? Where, where are they she? now? Where's that kid? I want to know where the kid is. <laughs> oh my god. He better be successful for Wait a minute. me through. Well, it's a movie, so you know they had credits. You know what? Maybe we'll do a little research project. It's going to be a weekend this. project. Yeah. yeah, a little weekend. Where's the kid? Like, let's be Find friends. the kid. Find the kid. Let's be friends with him. And just, oh my you know. gosh. I wonder if that video is still being shown. It is. That is a core memory it that is. I have with so many people. That is so funny. But also, no shame on the woman for having a big bush. Okay. <laughs> I think I think that video was filmed in like the seventies or the eighty where Bush was in style. Mm-hmm. You could tell it's filmed from then too, because the the quality. I'm not complaining about it. That show was in HD. I would have been scarred. I don't want. Mm-mm. Imagine if they hooked you up. Now virtual reality is a thing. They put you in the environment. Oh, no, you are the baby. <laughs> you are the baby. <laughs> and you're just coming out into the world. You're like, whoa. They want bro. you. To, they want you to learn from conception. <laughs> well, I think in watching that movie, I was like, this is just another way to scare the fuck out of people not having sex. I was like, I didn't even want to. I didn't want to touch anybody after that. I think that's the goal of it sometimes too. Um, is like scare them out of it that's the thing teens are made to be rebellious like that's just like in like a teenager's dna is like say fuck all and do it all or (laughs) just be like hey when you do this this is how you should approach it instead of saying like oh my gosh if this ever happens to you you need to make sure to take all protective measures it's very bad like that's just gonna make me want to do it more (laughs) like no it's gonna make me it when i'm in my little like rebellious mood as i was i used to sneak out all the time in high school um i if someone had told me that it was just like okay, and I there would be nothing to rebel against then, you know? Like when I get in that mood, I just want to do what I'm not supposed to do. And I feel like sex is taught as something that you're not supposed to do. And it, it that's the part of the negative stigma thing. Is it's this terrible thing that you should be scared of, but it's not a scary thing. Remember all the times that we would drive to Dick's in Seattle? Yeah. Guys, we the would, burger place, the by burger the way. place. So Two young gays. We just wanted so badly. We did. We just wanted to find our little our little gay group. And we would drive to Seattle almost every single weekend or as much as we possibly could in the summer. We would go to Dick's. We would make sure we had our grinder our grinder profiles out. We would be at the Dick's. We spent hours in this parking lot just searching through dudes, hoping that one of them would like invite us as to their we parties. Just stumble upon some gay guy who would want to invite some underage kids to their yeah. party. Some kids in high school 
to whatever they were doing. But we saw Capitol Hill as like this gay kingdom that was so accepting. That was like, it's how someone acting would see Broadway. We never got invited to any of those like those parties. I or invite any. us. Yeah, we were. What well, I was seventeen at the time. You were like eighteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would not have invited us. Like, we were children. That's fair, too, though. <laughs> like, I, I I, feel like that would have scarred us. Being invited to something, yeah. being thrown into it, that would have, like, I don't know. It wouldn't have scared me off. I just wouldn't have been ready for it. I thought I was back then, but I wouldn't have been. And that's fine. It's fine to, like, not be ready because it is such a process to teach yourself because you're not going to be taught about being gay, that's no, something you learn about. You know what's going to happen? Even if we did get invited to a party, let's say, in Seattle, we were so young, so ex- so unexperienced, especially with alcohol and socializing and who we are as individuals. I can tell you exactly what would have happened. We would have went to one of those parties. We would have got drunk as fuck, like ridiculously, like embarrassing drunk. And we would have been known as those two bitches who literally just got yep. wasted and made a fool of themselves at a party. I've already done that. I've already <laughs> done that too. <laughs> I don't know any more of those. Yeah. No, like... And especially back then, like, it would have been dangerous, though. Oh, absolutely. Two young kids who are so, like, we didn't know anything. We didn't know. And I I know you have other podcasts where you go through, like, safety procedures of being gay and stuff. We had none of that knowledge. No. Like, everything we learn now is through, I like... Trial and error. Yeah, trial and error. Like, figuring it out on our own. But... If there was someone to teach us, that would have been amazing. That way we wouldn't have to do this goddamn podcast. I know. <laughs> I know. If there was like, I was thinking back, like if there was a book that was just like, if you're in this situation, if you're at a party and you feel like you got drugged, what do you do? Or these guys are being very aggressive with you. What do you do? Because or... no one's going to talk about that gay culture because gay culture is so different than straight culture. I I went to a, I, I'm a twin. I have a straight twin brother and I would always, whenever we went up to Vancouver, we would always go to gay clubs. And I thrived there. Oh, my goodness. I loved dancing. They loved, loved him there. <laughs> yeah. I had so much fun. But my, my my twin brother, who was straight, would tag along. And he would dance with people. And he was a hot commodity, too. Guys loved him. He was straight acting, because he is. Um, and that he it was like a magnet. All these little, like, twinks would run up to him and, like, start dancing on him. Um, and he had a good time. He He knew it wasn't for him. But he still enjoyed himself, nonetheless. So I went to a straight club with him. But straight clubs are such a different environment. It was all the girls dancing. And, of course, I was out there dancing, too, because a dance floor, why would I not, right? And it was all the girls and the gays just on the dance floor and then surrounding them, this whole perimeter of guys just watching, waiting, like sitting in groups. And then they'd see someone they'd like, and then they would all approach at once. They're fucking aggressive. Their their goal was to, like, overwhelm. But the the girls that I was with, they were like, they were like, oh, yeah, like, they knew how how to do it like they knew how to brush them off like they knew um what to say and what to do and i was like wow if a whole group of gay guys came out to me in a club one it would be way different like if a whole group of gay guys i'd be like so like group or like or orgy like what's going on i'd be like kiki like let's do it everything (laughs) no but like in those because every single time like i've talked to a girl it's like girls prefer going to gay bars because i'm like okay why and they're like it is the one place i can just dance and not have my ass fucking grabbed and i'm just like oh i so get that because 
I remember I went to the Bellingham Club. What was that called? The Underground. Mm-hmm. And I went with my best friend Ellie, and we were just all dancing. She was dancing with this guy, and then this dude started fucking choking her out. And then she grabbed my arm, and I like puffed my chest. I was like, "What? What the fuck's up? What the fuck's up, bitch?" Turned your straight on for a second. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> Back away, bitch." <laughs> but that's what girls have to go through. So it's like when I see girls that love going to gay bars, if they handle themselves properly and they don't treat us like objects like purses like, like purses like purse oh dogs. my god let's go shopping then i'm like you are more than welcome yeah to come here okay bad boy ready for this next question i like it when you call me that how did you specifically come out in high school do you regret it what would you have done differently and what advice would you give to other people that are thinking about coming out or in today's climate do you even think it's necessary to come out anymore so i know there is the whole gay guys don't need to come out because straight people don't need to come out thing. But I feel like coming out is empowering. Like, I see it as like, hey, this is me. Um, And that's just my personal perspective. I think that it's not necessary. If you don't want to, don't do it. If you're gay, that doesn't mean you have to have a coming out story. You could just be gay and be gay and people can figure it out um, without an announcement. But there's also nothing wrong with an announcement. It is all your story you write the pages, you know? Um, And so what I, for me, I was sophomore year of high school. I was 16. My mom was working at Microsoft and she had a boss and he was, I was going to say his name, but I don't think that's super important. But I just call him like Gregory or something. Sure. Greg. My mom had a (laughs) boss, Greg. (laughs) And uh greg was so amazing he was very gay but he had this on again off again fiance um and or husband i don't know the situation it was messy but he was very emotional about it and he needed help moving his stuff out of his place and so i he was just like hey christine can i borrow your son to help move things around from my ex's place um i just need someone to help me load up a truck and uh, she was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I went over, I hopped in, in like a U-Haul truck with him and we were just driving around and he was telling me all about, and I was so, I wanted to hear everything because I wasn't out, but I wanted to hear about this gay marriage that like fell apart. Cause that was like the drama I wanted to hear. That's what I wanted to be like taking in. And so the whole time, I don't know why. That's just like you were so ready. You were like, "Give me all the dirty details, yeah. baby." And I was trying to learn. I was like, "How did you, like you get here?" I want to know because he's so successful. Like, had has a husband, um, and so while we were packing up and everything, um, he decided. I, I asked him. I was like, "So how did you like come out? Was that hard for you?" And he was like, "Well, I didn't come out voluntarily. I came out because I." In high school, so his mom is like this super conservative Olympic athlete, um, and she is just like a headstrong woman. Um, and so he was like kind of like scared of her and everything, and Republican, all that. And he came out because he was hooking up with guys, and this one guy was like a little big, and they were having sex and everything, and he tore his anus. Um, and so not enough lube. I'll say it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he ended up in the hospital and he was like in the ER or something like just in a hospital room. And his mom came to see what was up because they called the emergency contact, which was his mother. And she comes in and, um, she's like, oh my gosh, like what happened to my son? And he was, I think just coming out of high school or something. And 
the doctor goes, oh, he had an anal tear, like, from anal sex. And she goes, what? Why? <laughs> what is going on? And then there's no other way to, like, how do you get away from that? Like, I would have just said, mom, like, last night, I'm going to be completely honest with you, I ate a lot of Dairy Queen and McDonald's, and I was very constipated, and it just <laughs> didn't work out. Landed me in the hospital. Here I am. I would have just lied till I died. I would have just been like, yeah, I was severely constipated, and that sh- it was just too big. He, I think he was at the point where he was like, she's got to know, yeah. right? So he was just, like, cutting his losses, and he basically goes, well, that's how he came out. So he told his mom, and at first she was astonished, and she was like, no way. She's like, not you, not my son, not my Republican family. And so he told me that, and then he goes, then he looks at me, he goes, so when are you going to come out? And I was like, what? Oh. (laughs) And I was like, what are you talking about? And I was so scared. I got hot. I was sweating. My face was red, and he was like, oh, honey, I know. And he's like, just like my mom knew I was gay. He's like, one gay can spot another gay from miles away. He's like, it's just a skill you get when you come out. And I was like, that. well, that's kind of everything. Um, and so he was like, well, I, I said, well, I'm in high school. I was like, I'm so scared to come out because like high school. And he was like, okay, well, I wish I came out in high school because I, well, long story short, um, he... He asked me when I was coming out, and I, I, I denied it, denied it, denied it. And he's like, well, I know. And then I said, well, why didn't why didn't you come out then? And he goes, well, I didn't personally come out. I obviously was, like, forced into it. But he's like, I didn't come out in high school because I was, like, terrified. And I was like, same. And he's like, but I wish I did. Because if I had come out in high school, I could stop pretending to, like, be someone else. And I could just have lived my own life. I could have learned so many things. I could have made valuable friends um or i could have dropped a few toxic people a lot sooner if i had just come out in high school he said all high school was an act i put on a a different greg the entire journey through high school he's like it was so hard to do so difficult he says living as an open gay man has been a thousand times easier than living as a closeted one because you don't have to hide anything anymore and you can be proud of it too um and so I heard that and I was like, okay, well, no way in hell am I being forced to come out by any situation. And so he he talked to me about it and I was like, well, I've been wanting to for a while now and I'm scared. I don't know how to do it. And so he goes, okay, I'm going to act like your mom and we're going to go back to my place and you're going to practice coming out to me and I'm going to react in every way possible. Um, And I go, all right, well, that's kind of fun. That's kind of scary. And so he, we got back to his place and I kid you not, he put on a wig and he put on a wig and he goes, all right, my lovely son, Logan, what did you want to talk to me about? And I was just like, it was a fake situation with a gay man who I trusted very much. And he just embodied it. I don't know how, but I was terrified. I I would have been so overwhelmed. I would be like, uh, this is too much for me right now. Well, it's kind of like what is, is the push that I needed. It was a lot for sure, but I felt so comfortable. Um, I was just like, finally, I can talk about it. I had years and years and years worth of like pushing everything down. And to finally like let out how I was feeling was just like, I don't know, like opening the floodgates. Like 10, like 20 pounds had just been lifted off of you. Yeah, exactly. And then we were practicing me coming out and it was terrifying. But by the 15th take... I finally was like, I know what I'm going to say. And next day, I went in to work with my mom. 
Um, cause I was like part-time employee there. It was a weird situation, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and he knew Greg knew. So he was like, Oh, I'm going to head home early from work. You guys can have the office all to yourself. This Greg just sounds like an amazing man. Do you still keep in contact with him? Kind of. We like each other's pictures on Instagram and that's about it. But I, I'll show you him afterward. He's, oh, perfect. Yeah. He's a lot of fun. Um, he, um, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna head out. He's like, I have a lot of errands to run. And he looks at me and he winks at me and then he leaves. And I'm like, oh God. And then like the sweats start coming in and I go, there was a patio out there, uh, with a fireplace. It was a very nice office. Um, and so I was sitting out there and then my mom came out and he had to have tipped my mom off or something. <laughs> Cause she comes out and she sits next to me and she gives me a glass of water and she's like, so how you doing? And I was like, I'm good. <laughs> like, how are you? And she was like, um, how's life? And then I was like, oh gosh, I was like, well, I've been wanting to talk. Um, and I was like, mom. Um, and I started crying. I was literally just like so like overwhelmed. I wasn't sad, but I was just overwhelmed. And I just started crying. And she's like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong? Like you can tell me anything you know. And then I showed up. I was like, mom, like I'm gay. And she was like, um, I remember her like she didn't react really. She was just like, okay. She's like, that's fine. And she's like, anything else you want to get off your chest before we, like, dive into this? And I was like, well, no, but I'm gay, and, like, that's, like, really scary for me to admit. Um, And I was like, and I don't feel super comfortable saying it out loud, but, like, here we are. And she was like, well, you know I love you no matter what. Uh, Like, amazing mom stuff, like, the whole shebang. And it was so nice to hear and finally just, like, get it off my chest and, like, to uh, the moment itself was just like heart wrenching and just like my stomach was in so many knots, but like it had to happen. You had never actually told me that. Like, see, that's why I love doing this and I love interviewing people because you get the full story for once. Like, and you really get to know people. Like, I didn't know that about you. I had heard like kind of like the sparks note, the spark note version of how you came out, but it was nothing compared to that. And I think that's beautiful that somebody that was an older generational gay saw you and in a way kind of took you under his wing or kind of saw it as his responsibility or his influence to, or his responsibility to rightfully influence you. I mean, he did that and I wish more and I wish more gen- older generations of gay would see younger generations and be like, let me help you. Yeah. Let me help you not make the same mistakes that I did or let me guide you in a better way to handle certain situations. So that is fucking beautiful. I wish I had that. (laughs) I wish I had that coming out experience. Yeah. Okay. My favorite subject guys, we're going to be talking about the STDs of life, the birds and the bees and the STDs. Oh baby. Okay. Disciple Logan. Yes. You need to spill your guts right now, baby. Have you ever had an std i have had an std and what was that like was that fun (laughs) (laughs) it was a learning moment (laughs) i i have had stds i've had just name name a few um (laughs) (laughs) oh wait there was one let me get the list hold on (laughs) 
<laughs> I've had chlamydia and gonorrhea, and they usually come together. Like, if you have one, you better get tested for the other. That's just what I've been told. And sometimes it turns out to be true. I've also had a couple scares or people saying that I gave it to them and it wasn't true. Of course, if someone tells me I'm going to respect it, I'll say, I am so sorry. I hope that you're doing okay. I will go get tested as soon as I can. And I do to let them know, to like make that either a dead end or like they can move on to the next person. Well, and what's the, what's the stigmas about STDs? Like, why are they seen as something disgusting especially if somebody else gives it to you like why is it not handled in a more like appropriate mature way i mean it's seen as gross because i honestly you don't want to hook up with someone with std right like that's just like a fact and like you got to be taking care of yourself to make sure you don't have them getting tested regularly is a huge thing that a lot of people don't do especially if they are scared of gay culture um gay culture also has hookup culture and um stds is something that can be fairly common like you were saying earlier in the show um you've never had an std you're very lucky you had i'm very lucky with all the shit that i've done i'm so so lucky so lucky (laughs) i thank god herself it's it's very telling um just being able to sometimes you can just tell if someone has it um I don't know how what? you No, you know what I mean? You can look at someone and be like, you got the dirty D that's just something. How? Okay. <laughs> how is it just the vibe you get? You're just like, you're, 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 you've got something. If they've been on grinder since like, I've seen people on grinder nonstop for years. They probably have an STD. Right, and there's nothing wrong with being on Grinder, but then there's also those people who never have a last tested date, and you know what I mean. Um, but and it never gets updated, or it was three years ago, and it's only because they had to. You know, um, there's there's a lot of people who are scared of the word STD. I think STDs should be something that, when approached, should be handled civilly and like an adult. Um, I've been. I've been approached with someone who was like so mad about it. They were like, oh my gosh, you gave me this. This was your fault. Like, I can't believe you did this. You're so dirty. You're so gross. And I... That is such a bad way to approach anything health related. And I know it's a scary thing. Getting one for the first time is so terrifying. And you think the world is falling around you. It's two pills. It is two pills or a shot and you're done and you can move on with your life. I've been in so many times where someone has told me, okay, I say so many times, probably like two or three, but someone has told me that they, they, I gave it to them and I go and I get tested. And what they'll do usually is before the tests come in, they give you the shot or the pill anyways, just so that way they can be like retroactive about it. Like, all right, we don't know if you have it, but since you think that you do, we're going to give you this medication anyways. And I ended up going in so much that they were like, you got to stop doing this. Cause every time I would come back negative. Uh, There's a few times that I haven't, but for a while I would come back negative because I was one of those ritual testers who'd go in every three months and go get tested. And I would be like, oh my gosh, like I'm so scared that I have it. And they'd prescribe me these pills or give me a shot. And then eventually when I came in like the fifth time, uh, just to get like a routine test, they were like, you got to stop taking these pills or um, these shots because you can get super gonorrhea. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what is super gonorrhea? <laughs> Where your body is, um, it's kind of resistant to gonorrhea itself. So the antibiotics, it, it becomes 
resistant against the antibiotics? It becomes okay. resistant against it. And so you get the, it, it mutates itself. I mean, I'm not a scientist. So I don't know exactly what happens, but they were like, yeah, you can get it. It'll mutate itself against whatever we're giving you to where we can't give you anything strong enough to kill it and you're just going to have it. And I was like, oh my God, no, this can't happen. And so from that point on, I was like, I got to be way safer. Even though I wasn't getting it, I was so scared of getting it that I would just like, I think I have it. Like, I definitely have it and I wouldn't. Or someone would tell me that I had it and I'd go in and then get tested and I wouldn't, but I'd still get all the pills or the shot or everything. Um, but I don't know why, but when you said super gonorrhea, I was thinking like a big green glob of glue, like taking New York City and fucking helicopters shooting. That's probably what I turn into. <laughs> I was like, super gonorrhea? What? <laughs> <laughs> see but that's what happens like when you are told when you're young because my mom would always tell me like when i first came out almost every single day or every other day would just be like you're going to you better be careful because you're going to get aids and you're going to die and it's going to be the most painful death you've ever experienced in your entire life and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> so every time i had sex i would go get tested yeah. They knew who I was there. I racked up such a bill when I went to Planned Parenthood. Oh, You got yeah. a bill? You don't have insurance cover it? My insurance would cover some of it, but they wouldn't um they wouldn't cover the rapid test. And which was What? Yeah, so I literally remember I like was I owed hundreds of dollars. Hundreds okay. of dollars. One, a bill. at least you're getting tested. Two, that's crazy. Welcome to America's health insurance, bro. One hundred percent. Who paid it off? Did you pay it off? I just think it's stolen. Collect. I think it went to Shut collections. Guys. I don't. I never paid it off, and I was just like, the bill got so high that I was like, I just can't deal with this right now. So I just kind of swept it under the rug. The testing stressful enough to have a bill mm-hmm. come afterwards. I yeah, but I think that year. I at least went once a month. And see, that's overdoing it. The recommended time is every three months. So once a month, that is, you're you're creating fear in yourself. You're creating this like huge, um, this bubble, this aura of fear for yourself of like, I, I have it. I have to go get tested. Um, if you're practicing safe sex. I wasn't practicing safe sex because also that foundation was never brought to me like right. of how to have safe sex use condoms you know i use condoms now like i'm very safe now but back then i was not and that's i mean all part of the learning experience you're lucky you got out of it alive um, I know with nothing you were like the safest person with sex i've ever met and then i just remember you were like yeah i've got this and i'm just like fuck i was like when's m- when is my time <laughs> when is it gonna be my time <laughs> where's my std story <laughs> Let's give examples, though, especially to the, to the listeners. How do you handle it in a mature, proper way? I'll give you an example of uh, how not to handle it. I had a threesome. I was It was part of my open relationship thing. And I had had a threesome with this guy. And this was, I mean, part of me getting regularly tested. I mean, being in a relationship, that's part of it, is getting regularly tested and being honest about who you're getting with. But... There was this guy that me and the person I was with hooked up with. And afterwards, um, we went and got tested because that's just what you do. Um, if you're the responsible thing to do. Yeah. And so we went and got tested just not because we thought we had something, just because like we had just hooked up with an outside person and we both had gonorrhea. And I was like, okay, well, it's pretty obvious who we got it from. So the 
person I was with had ended up messaging that guy and he was like, hey, why, why weren't you safe? Like you should have been tested. You should have been clean, blah, blah, blah. He's like, now we have this. Now we have gonorrhea. And he's like, you need to go get tested and make sure you don't have it. And obviously when you're, when you approach it aggressively, the person isn't going to be, respond to it nicely. So the guy responded, he's like, I didn't give you shit. And then he ended up blocking him just like that. And so I was like, all right, well, I ended up um, going in for the whole treatment and everything. And I had told the doctor, I said, hey, so the person that I hooked up with is not out. They're really scared of all this stuff. They've never been tested. Um, but I am 99% positive it came from them. I was tested, didn't have anything, got with this person. Now I have something. And I was like, I've been here a few times. I've gotten prescriptions from you guys. I was wondering if I could get a double dose. Um, just so that way I could give it to them because I know they're not going to come in. I know they're not going to get tested. And the doctor was like, well, that's not normal to do, but I'll do it. So the doctor did it super cool of them. And they gave me a little packet of and everything about like getting tested. And they're like, can you just give this to that person? Like they should know this isn't a scary thing. Like we're not judging you. It happens. Yeah, it happens. And they know that's what they're there for. That's why they have the pills. That's why they exist. Um, and so I messaged that guy and I said, Hey, I just want to let you know that um, whether or not you think you have it, I took the liberty of going ahead and getting you the medication, and I really think that you should take it. Um, It's not going to affect you. If you don't have it, it's not going to hurt you. If you do have it, it'll get rid of it. And I, that was the nicest way I thought I could approach it. And he was like, no, he's like, I didn't give shit to you guys. I didn't do anything. This wasn't my fault. And I was like, I, this is a no loss move. Like you're not gonna, it's, it's a win-win. You don't have to go to the doctors and you don't have to have gonorrhea. You don't have to go to the doctors. Do you know how many times I wish I didn't have to go to the doctor? If someone just gave you the pills. Yeah. And look at that doctor and be like, sorry, I was being a whore that last weekend and I got something. They're like, were you wearing protection? You're like, no. No. You're like, okay. (laughs) They're like, what's protection? What? Protection? Condoms? What? Yeah, exactly. But he was like, eventually I was like, dude, I have the pills. I was like, we can just meet up. I can give it to you. You never have to talk to me again. I was like, I just don't want you because... It's it's Bellingham, and it's a small hookup pool, so he's probably going to go hook up with someone that in the future I might hook up with. I don't know. That's just how it works. That's gay culture. It's just called being responsible. Yeah. So like, why would you did? ever want to give that to somebody else? Exactly. Like, what? even if you are positive you don't have it, and there's no downside in taking the pill, just take it. Like, it's fine. that you're not. It's not going to kill you. Eventually, he goes, okay, fine. I will meet up with you. So we set up a time and a place. And I go there, and it was like a discreet location and everything, and he never shows. And he blocks me on everything. And I was like, are you kidding me? He just said that to appease me and then to, like, get away. And he was so positive. How can you be positive? I think he thinks he's under the assumption that you have to be showing symptoms in order to have had given someone something. But most people are asymptomatic. Most people will never show symptoms of having something until it's probably too late. Um, and so that's why it's important to get regularly tested and, and that can actually like damage your health, like long term. Yeah, exactly. Until it's too late. Like you have to be responsible about it. The but, immaturity level is yeah. just too much for me. I'm going to teach you guys how to do it the correct way from just my personal experience and what happened to me. I was having sex with this daddy and great guy had a lot of fun and 
one day, like after I left, um, I think a week later, he had reached out to me and he said, hey, I'm sorry that this is the way that your day is going to have to go today. But he says, I want to let you know that somebody else that I've been having sex with just tested positive for, I think it was gonorrhea. And he was just like, I am so sorry. Like I'm on my way to go get tested. Please go get tested as well. Please let me know immediately. He could not stop saying, I'm so sorry. Like just being like, taking accountability for being yeah. like, I'm sorry, like I put your health in this kind of situation. And I immediately go get tested. I think it's the next day I text him. I'm like, I'm all good. And then I think like two weeks later, we go and we're like, we fuck again. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> it was, you don't learn, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, we both didn't have it. So I was just like, okay, this is obviously super chill. We'll use condoms next time. Did not do that. But it's the thought for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But hey, that was just, it was good dick. So it's totally fine. That was my experience with any type of STD conversation but it's the way that he handled it so maturely that i was like oh this is not as bad as it sounds plus i was educated where i knew that if i had gonorrhea that was just two pills um syphilis on the other hand i would have been a little bit pissed syphilis i would have been like oh you bitch that's gonna hurt because syphilis they have to shove a fat fucking needle in your thigh, like in your ass. Ooh. And it's the nurse said that when you have syphilis, it's not fun for them to do like have to see it because it is painful. Right. Because they see the hole when they pull that needle out. They see the <sighs> hole and you have to get it twice. No way. You have to get it fucking twice. The nurse well, yeah, the- killed Al Capone for a reason. <laughs> 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 Yeah, the nurse was, ex- like, explicitly, she was like, if you're going to get any STD, do not get syphilis. As if you had a choice, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you're just having sex, and, like, on the, like, the TV, you're just like, what STD for <laughs> you today, sir? Come on down and get your gonorrhea right here. Yes. Can you imagine? You can give me anything, but just don't give me just syphilis. Just don't give me, <laughs> don't give me syph. And that's the thing, like, that's why I wanted to have this conversation, because if you look at it in a different light, it's not a scary or a gross conversation it's a super chill conversation it's normal well it all depends on the first message as well that first message can really set the tone for how your next week or two is going to be with uh that just being on your mind to getting tested to feeling guilty um or just like whether or not you're mad about it if someone messages you and says hey so sorry this is happening but i have gonorrhea and i want to make sure that you're safe as well so it would mean a lot if you went and got tested and let me know how you're doing. Like, what's your what's your results? Yeah, never blame, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Never say, you gave me this. That that really sets a bad tone. That's a bad first message, and that's a bad message to receive, too. Yeah. Just be mature about it. Stop looking at STDs as something disgusting or despicable or something, anything of the sort. Just look at it as this is just how it is. You know? And be mature about it when you have to approach Because if you guys are both mature about it, then you can go fuck it out another then time. it's a fun experience. Yeah. yeah. No one has to get their feelings hurt. Yeah, no one has to end that amazing hookup. Like, I'm just saying, like, you can go for round two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Boom. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet people are listening and they're like, you went for, you went for round two? And you still have never had an STD. And I still have never had an STD. I don't even... That's a that's an award that I would be willing to accept. You'd get up on stage for that? I'd be like, I am just so honored to be here today. <laughs> Thank you for my friends and my family that have Thank just... Thank you to all the hookups. So guys, though we have talked about, you know, what do you do when you catch an STD? 
What about we talk about the preventative ways to not catch an STD? Also very important. And the steps to not catch that dirty dick, baby. Let's get into it. If you want to get to elite status and not catching an STD, one of the things that I wanted to discuss is things to consider before meeting up. So check how often they are on these apps, these dating apps like Grinder and Scruff. And the way that you can do that is usually can see, you know, if they're active, they have a green little green little dot by their name. Men that tend to be on these apps every second of every day tend to be very sexually active, hence increasing STD possibilities. So how to do this? Star their profile. If you're interested in a dude, star their profile on these apps and just kind of throughout the day, check if they're always active on that app. Also, pay attention to how eager they are to give away their hole. If he's mm-hmm. talking to you in just like very overly sexual way, like I want you to fuck my hole or I just want you to come inside, like just talking to you kind of like a $5 whore. Like that kind if of situation. That's, that's right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. right off the bat. Yeah. Like if there was no build up to like the sexting or anything, if he's just instantly messages you and he's just like, I want you to fuck me, daddy, or something like that, then ugh, that's just that just reminds me of something slimy. And that's not classy. And that's not classy. What do you guys do it? Men, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You think anybody's gonna be like, Oh, I'm super into that anybody who's normal is gonna be like, I'm so into that. Let's delete the messages and try again. Yeah. Block me, unblock me, and we'll try again. <laughs> Rule number two, the follow-up questions. So what I like to do is I like to do the condom test. If he causes a funk, then goodbye, you little impish bitch. So it's just a test. It's not like you're going to use a condom. You know, like some people don't like to use condoms and they're on prep, which is an HIV preventative measure that people like to take if they like to bear skin that shit so basically just say the condom like if you know that both of you guys are really just going to be hooking up and just use the condom test be like hey like do you care if we use a condom if he's like no like that's i'm not doing that like i don't need to do that that is a red flag because that means that he just straight out does not use condoms for anybody mm-hmm. and don't think you're special and think that he's the only one you're talking to even though he says that. So another thing that I like to do is see if they're on prep. Ask the last time he was tested, but take it with a grain of salt. I swear to God, do not ever ask or say, are you clean? Never say that. Never say that. I can't tell you how many young gays are out there that feel like that is, it's okay to say that. Like, are you clean? Don't ever say that. Just say, when was the last time you were tested? When somebody says, are you clean? The reason I say don't say that is because somebody is more than their sexual status or their health status. You are not your disease. You are not your disability. You are a person. So start treating people like such. So rule number three, at the hookup. So what I like to do is the check and inspect. Do not ever let someone stick it in without first doing the inspection. The inspection consists of smell, sight, and taste. Trust me, this has gotten me out of a lot of sticky situations. All right, let's hear it. What are these sticky situations? So let's start with smell. So when you're getting down and frisky, what I like to do is start playing with his underwear. Tease him a little. Don't just go in for the kill. That's amateur shit. You're better than that. Anyone who's listening to that shit, you don't let someone immediately stick it in without spitting on it or lubing that shit up, and you don't just fucking tear the underwear off. That's lame shit. You gotta... It's foreplay. Foreplay. Foreplay's the best. That's how you know what you're doing. Yes, foreplay. Foreplay is your friend. So... But while you're doing this, make sure his crotch smells good. So that kind of just means like, if it smells good, then awesome, proceed. If not, continue with caution. So kind of in that situation, just like rub your nose up against it, like kind of bite it a little bit, like <laughs> kind of just rub your face into it like a meat pie, you know? And I think people think like, oh, well, 
you've already gone too far. Like at that point, you're committing. No. Oh shit to that person. Anybody. You do, guys. I, you young little homos out there. You do not owe Bradford or Gregory, whatever. Sorry, that's just a name I came up with. (laughs) You do not owe this little bitch anything. You really don't. If you didn't like it, you can literally get the fuck up. You say like, sorry, this is not working out, and leave. You do not owe anybody anything a lot of people think that once the bedroom door is closed that that means like all right this is happening but no at any point during the process yeah and it just makes but it's like we used to think that i used to think that all the time i used to think oh my god he bought me dinner i know what this means Uh, what i will say is i wasted so much time on that on situations like that so basically continuing from that so if it smells actually like feta cheese then this is what you can do you can immediately tell him but there is a right and a wrong way to tell this individual if it smells like it smells bad you just literally tell him and be like hey like let's go take a shower like we're kind of stinky let's freshen up like so let's start with the sight so if you're proceeding do not suck his dick instead put it in your hand and play with it a little jerk it off again foreplay and look at it fucking stare that dick in the fucking face and go like you're mine bitch (laughs) (laughs) So, if the dick looks like a modern piece of art, then awesome, proceed to taste. So, basically, this step is to make sure that there's no bumps and it's clear skin. If not, and something actually looks wrong, then stop. My loves, I know this is going to be embarrassing and there's going to be a lot of anxiety around it, but you need to have respect for yourself because a gross dick equals a gross life. Put that in my diary when I get home. Of course. And again, like what Logan was saying, it's like, you don't owe this person anything. Yeah, especially if it's grinder hookup. If you turn around and walk out the life... The only connection, point of connection you have is grinder. Block him. Move on. They don't, like. <laughs> Can we get that on a shirt? Block him. <laughs> <laughs> the people that are new to this, I'm going to tell you exactly what happens. You're going to hook up, even if it's a really awesome hookup. Most of the time, you're never going to see this person again. And if you do, it's going to be awkward as fuck anyways. Usually, like, meeting up with your grinder hookups at a party or something is the most awkward thing ever i would rather shove broken shards of glass up my ass than fucking meet up with a grinder hookup okay so the last part is the taste so say you've gotten through the smell and the sight now we're going for the now we're going for the taste i feel like once you get the taste it might be too late (laughs) (laughs) well so this is what you do so if you made it through this point you're probably in the clear but let's say it tastes nasty which happens we've all tasted nasty dicks before we all know what that tastes like and but be the bitch that makes him suck your dick instead if that doesn't work out and he's hesitant you can always just jerk off and call it a day so i mean in that situation you do taste like you've made it this far that dick tastes nasty and you just want to gargle with some gasoline (laughs) just verbalize your discomfort but i mean how well do you know this person that's the only reason it's awkward you know but i also knew a dude his name was daddy mike and shout out to him if he's no that's what what, that is exactly what we would call him we'd call him daddy mike and he was kind of a badass he told us that every single time you would hook up with somebody on grinder they would get to his house and he'd be like um he would make them shower Mm. and i'm like at first listening that i'm like you sound like an asshole but then getting older and just going through the grinder hookup app I'm like, oh my god, that man's a genius. I would also shove, I would also get like a brand new toothbrush and some toothpaste and some mouth mouthwash for him. Also, why it makes it better for you, it makes it better for them. Yeah, it, it might be awkward. I personally have never done that, but um, I have been in situations where you know a shower is preferable. <laughs> and well, and that brings me to my kind of like my next question: Do you like the seed? Do you I like don't. the seed of a man? I don't. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have seen the videos where it's like they will like hum all over this person and then like wipe it up and put it in their mouth. Mm. Or put it back in the dude's booty. Like yeah. I'm like, ew. I I don't I've never liked the taste. Some I mean every single time it tastes different. You can't like okay. I had someone, I don't know what the hell they were eating. It. I feel like they just peed my mouth, probably. I would bit. not have been surprised. Um, but no, it's just like some people don't deserve to come in other people's mouths. And they should know that. You need to test your shit first before you're delivering that. You, you got to know what you're putting out there. Because it's not fair to me. Okay, we used to be a couple whores back in the day. I mean, I still am one, but that's besides the point. But you're actually in a relationship now. How is that? It is good. Um, I am in a committed relationship um, with someone who is in the closet. And that is something that people always find very interesting because even for me, when I first met him, my friends were like, oh, are you going to date this guy? And I straight up told him, I said, I'm not going to date somebody in the closet. And I I just said that because I was like, I don't want to date someone who's not proud to be who they are, who's not themselves with everybody. And that was my point of contention with that. I didn't want to... I've been in so many situations where I, like, help people come out of the closet, you know? And I'm all for it. But they turn out to be, like, a whole new person. Um, and usually for the better, you know? Um, but I would love would have loved to be like with someone who had everything figured out but then again i come to realize that's that's not super fair i don't have everything figured out i'm still in college i'm still getting my degree this person i'm with um good job graduated everything awesome guy super sweet Well, I have a question about that. So we both know we've both been in this situation. We can comfortably say that we were we are completely different people than who we were five years ago. So in that situation, because we really we are coming both to the age where we are inserting ourselves into the community and Mm -hmm. being more a part of that. So is there a certain level of fear that when he does experience that he'll change in a way that possibly is different from who he is now? If he does, I think it would be for the best. I, because when I first met you, you were still in the closet and our relationship did go through a lot of things, but that's because like you had so much to learn. I I mean, I did too, but, um, and we had our like trials and tribulations. We went through a lot of shit because you still had a lot of shit to figure out. I still had a lot of shit to figure out and it caused like a bunch of rifts in our relationship. For him, he is like has his career. He's got shit figured out. Um, and if he ever were to come out, and I know he probably will. We've had talks. He says, "Oh, like you're the first guy I'd ever like consider introducing to my friends, or maybe somewhere down the road, family." And he's thinking about it. And I think for him, it would just be like the final step, like of discovering like being proud of himself discovering himself i think he doesn't even know what he's missing out on um the the amount of weight that you can let go that just like being yourself around the people that you care about because his friends his closest friends don't even know because he does live at home and so for him it's hard and his whole family is like very republican and so he has this like difficult uh scene like come out into um and he knows there would probably be some adverse reactions and that, that that wouldn't 
fully understand from the get-go. And that's just like, you know, that conversation where you know it's going to be gut-wrenching. Like I was saying, when I came out, you know it's going to, like, your heart's pounding, you're sweating, super scary. Like, it's not a fun conversation. It's never a fun conversation to have. The more you can put it off, the more, com- like, the better, because you don't have to deal with it. And I think that's where he's at. I Honestly, if I would be so flattered if a dude was like, I'm willing to come out because of you. I'd be like... Damn. It is really nice to hear. And he's teaching me finances, which is amazing. Uh, Who can say that? (laughs) Roth IRLs and and fucking... Roth IRAs. Oh, is that what... See, I need a boyfriend. (laughs) See, this is why I need a boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he's teaching me like what to invest in, like how to be smart with my money, which at first I hated. I was like, it's my fucking money. I'm going to do with it what I want. But then he, I was like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. I was like, so I'm going to listen. So you guys have just been very good, positive influences with each other. And I think that's what a partner should be. You teach me this. I'll teach you this. And like, he's teaching you like how to be a rich girl. And he's, you're teaching him how to be a gay boy. (laughs) That's all I can ask for. (laughs) I absolutely love that. I just hope that one day, one day crossing my fingers, I'll be able to hopefully find that. You will. I uh, <laughs> maybe laughs <laughs> hysterically. You'll find somebody. So we have both have been in really uncomfortable situations, but I want to know about yours. So I went to an island in Canada to go work on this yacht. It had broken down, and they needed my help, like getting things back together and just like making sure it was ready to be um, off set voyage again, basically. So they flew me in, and I had never been here before, and I um, obviously hopped on a grinder, a new place, why would I not? And this guy, he, we started chatting and stuff, very normal, and he had all these pictures, and he was very cute, and then he, we, I mean, we talked for a few days while I was there, and then finally he was like, oh, meet me in this, like, parking lot. It's just, like, down the way from the marina where I was docked. And so I did, and then... um we were talking and like, you know, we both talked a big game. Um, and he basically was like, Oh, I want to do all these things. And I was like, Oh, super fun. Like that sounds good. I'm down. And so there was like expectations set. And then I, I get there and I am in the parking lot and I'm like waiting for him. And this truck drives up and he like rolls down the window and he waves. And I see like it, pretty much looks like him and then i get in the car <laughs> you squint your eyes enough it kind of looks yeah, like I him was like that i mean yeah this works and so i hop in the car and roll up the window and then i was under the assumption that he like lived near the marina um but no we start driving and this is like an island that i've never been to a lot of it is just wooded where was this again um nanaimo was this by victoria it's off victoria oh okay yeah oh my god yeah so never been there and i have to be at work the next morning like i i was living on this boat when i was there and i had like a room and everything and so like i was very much set up in there and like i had a job that i had to do so i was like oh wow i need to be back by tomorrow morning like you know early because that's when my shift starts and so we started driving and I'm like, so like, how much further do you live? And he was like, oh, I'm just like around the corner. T- 
20 corners later. Are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, where are we going? Um, so we finally get to his place and it's like super how much dark. How much time from the yacht to his place do you think? Oh my God, by? like 25, 30 minutes. <gasps> yeah. And so, so at this you point, fucked your exit up. Yeah. So I was like, I like he drove me and we're so far away. I have no idea where I am. Like I it's it's Canada. Can't get an Uber. There's no taxis on this island. Um, <laughs> You're like, I'm fucked. Yeah. And I was like, so the only route back is I walk, but I don't know. I Like I said, don't know the island. Don't know how we got there. So I'd be lost. Um, and that would take me hours. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, or I was like, I just convinced him to drive me home. And so we get to his place and we go in. And I'm like, hey, like, maybe we should just watch a movie. I'm not really feeling up to it. And he's like, oh, but you said that you really wanted to. And I was like, oh, well, like, haha, yeah. I'm just like, you know, I'm not super feeling it. I was like, maybe we can try again, like, tomorrow. Um, and he was like, no, like, that's not what you told me. He's like, I already picked you up and drove you all the way here. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, that did happen. But, like, now I don't really want to. Um, and so he very much, like, not a fun night for me. I ended up like doing things I didn't want to do. I won't go into like a lot of detail. Um, basically I just like made a lot of dumb moves with someone who wasn't considerate. Um, and so it eventually turned out to like, I just had to like do things to get out of there and like to get a ride back because that was the only way he was going to get me back in the car and like drive me back. So I'm so sorry. Well, it's fine. It really like, it sucks that that had to be a learning moment that like I had to find out the hard way. Um, and so he was like, at first started out really aggressive. And I was like, wow, like this is not, I was like, the, and in my head, I was like, this is the only way I can get home. And like, that really sucks. And like this guy, like I said, when I looked at him, I was like, yeah, that kind of looks like him. He had obviously like put on a lot of weight. Um, and like, I don't know, face tuned the pictures probably, and it was the same guy, but, like, maybe 10 years ago. And I was like, wow. So, like, I don't know if that counts as catfishing, but I suppose so. That is 100% catfishing. Yeah. So, I was like, um, so, anyways, I got back, and then I I remember I was just, like, so upset about it. Like, I was, like, very, luckily, there's this other guy on the island I was talking to, and he was a huge gentleman. And he took me out to dinners, and we didn't. We, like, never hooked up until, like, my very last night there. And even then, it was very, like, um, it was sensual. It was, like, very consensual. And I, like, very much enjoyed being with him. And he was the sweetest guy. So if anything helped that, it was him. And um, I got to, like, talk to him about it and whatnot. Um, and I still keep in contact with him to this day, even though, like, we're very, like, separate places. Um, but yeah, ended up going home and then I talked to this person who was supposed to pick me up from the Canada airport and I told him what happened and he was like, oh, like I know that guy. Cause the person who was picking me up was actually from that Island. And he's like, oh, I know that guy. He's like, he's super gross. He's like, I can't believe you hooked up with him. And I was like, well, didn't really want to, was kind of forced into it. And he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, I can't even look at you the same. And what? yeah, who I, does that? terrible person (laughs) in those situations if i can ask you and of course we can edit this out if you don't want to say anything about it but in those situations what's the line between i was just in an uncomfortable situation and rape 
I, well, for me, I consider it was more rape than uncomfortable situation. I was like, wasn't even hard. I just straight up like, was like, all right, like this is like happening. Like I'm going to let it happen just because I need to get back um, to the place. It was like this super is just tough. so hard. For, I'm so sorry. I, this is very hard for me to hear because it's like I didn't know you didn't go into that kind of detail. Well, yeah, I think what I told you was the reaction my friend had when I got back, and he. Um, you told me it was just a very uncomfortable situation, which we've all been in. Right. And then you told me about the dude who said that that's gross. I can't even look at you, and that was kind of it. So this is kind of the first time that I kind of have figured out that it's like this was more than just an uncomfortable situation because it was unconsensual sex. It was something that I told him I didn't want to do. And he was like, Oh, well, like you promised me this. And I was like, yeah, but I don't feel up to it tonight. And he was like, all right, well, like you're here. And like, I like, you're only getting home if I'm driving you. So like, you know, the situation. And so very much like forced into it. And like, if I, if I had gotten violent or I had gotten like, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. Like, I just know, like, he probably would have just kicked me out and, like, made me walk home or something because he was that dead set on, like, hooking up and he would not take no. And I was like, wow, this sucks. But I got back and I told my friend about it. He's like, yeah, I know that guy. Like, I hooked up with him before. He's like, I literally, he's like, that's so gross that you hooked up with him. He's like, why would you do that? And I was like, I don't want to. And he's like, okay, but you did it. And I was like, well, yeah, I know I did it but dude come on like are you kidding me like i literally am telling you like how stressful and hard that was for me and you're just judging me in you and total rejection from that and he literally from that day on he was like logan i just can't look at you the same and i was like for what and i did what and i literally this turned into a personal convert like in-person conversation to me going home and then we continued talking about it over like messaging and i like blew up on him and i was like what the fuck is wrong with you how can you tell me that like what I did was like wrong because I didn't want it to happen, but it happened and you're judging me about it because of who it happened with. You're ignoring the situation itself, but like you're judging me for the other person. I was like, that's really shitty. And I was like, you're someone who I thought I was cool with someone who I thought I was close with. But now that like you're treating the situation the way you are, I was like, I like, even if this was another person, he did this to another person still unforgivable. So not cool. Um, and then eventually he came to me later and like, he admitted a lot of things that he was wrong about and he said how sorry he was. And we talked a lot about it. And so now we're still in contact. Um, I would have honestly, I mean, you are truly the bigger person because in that situation, that would have been a block on everything that would have been like, you are kind of a despicable human. I will never talk to you again. Yeah. I mean, I did tell him a lot of things that weren't like probably great for him to hear, but I felt like they were justified. I think that's totally justifiable. So going back in that situation, if you had to go back, what would you have done differently from what you know now about getting out of uncomfortable situations? I would have, I would have done a lot more homework on this person. I would have probably asked like, Hey, do you have any more recent pictures or maybe like a FaceTime call or FaceTime call? Yeah. Yeah. Or grinder has this new video chat feature, um, where you can literally like face chat with someone, see who they are and what they look like. Um, so that way you don't end up in that situation. Or I would have, when I saw him in the car and got in, I would have just hopped out. Like, even if the car is moving slowly, like we had to pull out of the parking lot. I had time then. And so 
I immediately felt uncomfortable when I got into the car. Yeah, I was going to ask, during that 30-minute drive, what were you guys even talking about? He was talking about growing up on the island and stuff, and I was more so just, like, thinking of, like, the whole time I was thinking of, like, okay, what do I say to him to, like, for him to take me back? Because I was, like... Oh, my God. I was... Telling you about his childhood. You're just, like, oh, I I want to die right now. Because I thought that when we got there, I could have talked him into, like, watching a movie and just, like, having that be the night. Like, I would have been fine with getting away with, like, cuddling or something. But that wasn't the case. And so he, like... I mean, obviously, that all went down, and, like, if there was a better way to go about it, there's a lot of things I could have done to, like, not have ended up in that situation, but also sometimes, like, you do end up in that situation, and it does happen, but, like, I wonder, it would have been better for me to just, like, have ran out, because I, for me, would have been, my fear was, like, being embarrassed of, like, getting back late to work um, or, like, having to tell people about it. Like, because if it didn't, like, happen, I would have to be like, oh, they they would have asked, where were you? Like, why, what were you doing out so late at night? And where, like, why were you on the other side of the island? I would have had been like, oh, well, it was a hookup gone wrong. And they're like, why are you going out hooking up? Like, what is this? Like, you're here to work. Um, and then, like, having to tell, like, my family about it or something. Like, either way, like, it was going to be an awkward situation, but I think I would have rather the the first one you know i would have rather like like booked it the fuck out of there and been like i'll just take the embarrassment because the mental trauma from that you never forget that yeah no absolutely and that's the thing it's something that like has made me more compassionate towards all that and like um may uh, and for me it's made hearing other people's stories a little bit like not easier, but just, like, something that, like, okay, I can hear and understand better. Um, and I do have friends who have had, like, similar things happen to them where they've been in such uncomfortable situations that have gone a step too far. Um, and to be able to talk about it with them and to be able to actually relate and say, like, I'm so sorry this happened. Like, if you want to talk about it, I do feel comfortable talking about it at this point. I do feel comfortable, like, if you want to hear my story. Because at this point... A lot of things that, like, happen to me, I'm not, like, a super emotional person, and I see, like, emotional events as something of, like, more of, like, a learning and teaching moment. Like, the silver lining of it. Yeah. And, like, okay, what can I take from this? Because for me, I can, like, think back on it and talk about it rationally and think of, like, okay, what could have gone differently? Even though it is, like, kind of, like, a traumatic experience, like, I can kind of, like, think about and talk about and be reasonable about it um and like try to put into words um and have it serve as like a warning well and look what you're doing right now you're literally talking about the preventative measures that one can take yeah. to not have to be put in these situations so i thank right. you for doing an amazing job okay so i know that the whole situation included some form of catfishing and not being catfish another thing that i can't express how important it is enough is the FaceTime call, ladies and gentlemen. If you're talking to somebody on the grinder, first of all, if their grinder profile looks even a little fuzzy, catfish next. And the second one is just what I like to do is when I'm on the grinder app is when I'm talking to them, I just like to say send me your pictures. If they're blurry, next not interested. The other thing if they're not blurry, um, if I am genuinely interested in getting to know this person, I'll ask for their Instagram. If their Instagram barely has any pictures of them, I'll be like, Hey, like 
either add me on Instagram. Let's, you know, send me a picture of you taking two fingers. Let's FaceTime probably. And, but if they hesitate, if they say, no, I don't have any social media. I don't have an Instagram. I don't have a Snapchat. I don't have anything They're They are a catfish baby. This is the 21st century. I'm just letting you know, every single person has some form of social media, at least something The the person I'm dating no social media. He has a Snapchat, and that is how he verifies himself. That is the only reason we started talking was because I was like, hey, add me on Instagram. He's like, oh, I don't have it. And I was like, Facebook? He's like, nope. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a catfish. This yeah. is clear. But I was like, can you send me your face on Snapchat? And he was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And I was like, okay, that's literally all I needed. Yeah, but that's a thing. Again, that hasn't worked one time. Once, So you know how you can make stickers on um, Snapchat? Yeah. Someone will take um, the pic- like a picture of this person, and it happened to me, where they took a sticker of it, and then they blew it up to the size of the screen. So you receive a Snapchat, and it looks like a normal Snapchat, and you open it, and it's just, I mean, you can't tell it's a sticker, but it is. And I could not rip my head. I was like, how, if they're fake, how are they sending me these Snapchat pictures? And then someone else who was fooled by this person told me, they're like, oh my gosh, they're doing... Um, a, a sticker thing. So if they don't have more, if you guys haven't chatted and they don't send you like just like random weird pictures of like the side of their face and it's always this perfect like profile picture looking ask shit, then it's probably fake. You can be fooled. That has never happened to me before. It happens. But it's I, a thing. But I say in those situations, look, like you you really can't go wrong with saying, hey, FaceTime me. Yeah. You know, if they have an Android, guess what? You can FaceTime on Snapchat instagram grinder it is the 21st century there's guys. no there's way around no it excuse yeah. there's no excuse there's nothing there's no way around it if you want to convince yourself that this person's real then i don't feel bad for you if you yeah. get catfished i'm sorry but this is what i like to do so after all those like specific tests i just like to give them my number i'm like hey let's facetime for five minutes let's put in let's put a face to your name and the greatest thing about facetime is can't really dodge you can't anything fake it, yeah. you can't fake it and the reason I like to do FaceTime before I date or I go on an actual date is I like to see if they have a personality, if they mm-hmm. can interact. Every single dude that I have FaceTimed, I have either immediately known. I'm like, okay, we could definitely get along. If we don't, I, I wrap up the conversation. I'm like, well, that's perfect. Like, I got to go, but I just wanted to make face to your name. But thank you so much for talking to me. Let's hang out soon. I hang up. I never hang out with that person again. And, you know, you make up the random excuses. But... For the people that I'm like, okay, I really like you. Like, I want to go on a date with you or hang out or hook up. Um, goes both ways. It usually has been awesome. Keep that in mind, everybody, uh, as you go into your next date, hook up, or what have you. So, Logan, I actually, let's do an, a little opinion right now. What do you think is the cutoff age for dating? And what's your opinion and whole ideology about that? And feel free to be controversial. Don't worry about it. So I, it all depends. I, I feel like we've touched on this before because you usually date in the older crowd. Um, Not anymore, baby. I'm changing strictly, <laughs> strictly age appropriate men. So I think, and, and there's a reason for that. Is there not? Right. Cause when, I okay. Not that it's not allowed. I think that obviously staying within the law. Um, I think that like a twenty-year-old dating like a 
40, 50 year old, you're going to obviously run into some issues. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but being, if I were in that situation, I know that I would struggle to have a relationship with that person or just like interact because you are at such different stages in life and they've already been through everything that you're going to go through. They've already kind of lived. Yeah. And once you learn everything from that person, like once you've been through it all and they've taught you everything, then it's kind of just like, all right, well now I'm doing everything on my own. And like, I would, you create, you can create a bond with someone by experiencing these life milestones with each other. Um, and like, you know, learning how to do your taxes with someone could be kind of fun. It doesn't seem like it, but it could be something that like helps you bond and come together. But there's so many other things too. If that's what turns you on at this point, you are already done for. Hey, no. Okay. Maybe traveling then. Okay. (laughs) There we go. Yeah. I would just say in those situations from, you know, because my first relationship, I was 19 at the time. I was 19 at the time. And this guy was 38 years old. And I would say the prime reason why that relationship didn't really work out is because Look, you're young. It's, I'm not going to lie, like, it's so fun dating somebody that's older. You feel yeah. like a bad bitch. But then after a certain period of time, everything kind of starts getting too real at a certain point, you know? Because they're looking for a life partner. Yeah, and they're looking for, like, you're they're not. not, they're not just trying, this is not a seasonal fucking job. They're like, they want to have kids with you. They want to get married. And I feel like, I kind of feel like at a certain point, it's, it's not like it's not allowed like date whoever you want no matter what society says as long as it's legal within the law within the law at a certain point you need to realize okay is this a sustainable relationship like has this person that is younger like already lived or is he just experiencing now what it's like to be gay if that's in the situation maybe keep it up as like a summer fling or anything like that but i would say from my personal experience what happens when young guys are in relationships with older guys is one day they just kind of wake up and they're just like, this is getting too real. This is getting way too, I'm getting over my head. This isn't fun anymore. And I know that that's shitty to say, I know that sucks, but that is just how it is at the end of the day. I mean, of of course there's exceptions to everything. Yeah. There there are relationships there who super work and like they love each other very much. And that is totally valid. But I know you've been in situations where it hasn't worked out for you because of the age difference and because of what both of you are expecting from each other due to your ages. Um, and or maybe there's over expectations. You're you're expecting this person to be way more mature. And when they act out of how you expect them to be, that is a huge turnoff or it turns into a huge issue. And that person who is 30 years older than you and is acting five years younger, that's going to be a huge thing for you to like accept and get around. But sometimes there there is a disconnect and there is something that's going to make it a lot more difficult to deal with. But when you're dating someone who is like, okay, for me, my age gap right now is four years um, in my relationship. And so there's a lot of things that when, if I act a little immature, that's a little bit okay because I still have some maturing to do. But when he acts a little bit mature, I can say, all right, like I balance each other out. Yeah. We balance it. But usually more times, more often than not, he's not acting immature. He's a very mature gentleman is what I'll say. Well, and in those situations, like my cutoff now is 10 years. I won't date anybody that's younger than me, but I won't date anybody who is 10 years older. I think I've learned my lesson. I mean, there was a couple years where it's like I was really trying to just only be in relationships with people that were older. Mm-hmm. But in just realizing that what it comes down to is the life experiences, 
the finances of everything and the long term of everything. And once you wrap everything together and you do that little that little math equation, you can sometimes realize that it just is not going to realistically work out as you would like. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think, um, like, me also, I've never dated anyone younger than me. It's always been older. I don't know why. It's just that's what I'm attracted to. And then, I, I don't know. What's the, what's the turnaround? Am I going to be old one day and only be attracted to young people? That's Who knows? What, yeah, I've always wondered that. Or, I mean, I've always been into older people. And I'm like, wait, when I get old, am I going to be still attracted to people that yeah, are like, way older? <laughs> yeah, am I marrying Yeah, somebody who's like in a wheelchair already, like yeah. can't walk? Like, Or am I going to be really interested in young guys? And I kind of hope it's young guys. <laughs> oh, boy. Are you ready for this? I are really, you ready for I this? Tell me you're ready for this. Well, I don't know. But yeah, I'm ready for it. Let's talk about our first foursome together. Uh, I knew this question was there. Yeah. <laughs> so how old were we? When did this happen? Why did this happen? And what was the result of what happened? This was my senior year prom. And I had... Initially, I had... Someone had asked me if they could go to prom with me. And I was like, absolutely. Because I was a dude. And I was like, I obviously... I'd never been to a school dance with another guy before. So I was like, yes, I will go to prom with you. And then... This other guy who I was seeing long ago was like, he was in Virginia and he goes, I know your prom is coming up. He said, I would honestly, I would fly back to go to prom with you. Cause he's like, that would kind of be everything. Like, uh, you and I showing up to your school prom. And I was like, yes, like, yes, I will go with you. But I was like, oh wait, shit. I already said yes to someone else. So I had two dates and I obviously like had a much stronger connection with the second person who asked me. And so I was like, yeah, like, let's do it. And then I felt so bad for the other guy. I was like, I thought you were such a bad bitch when I first like saw you like literally having two guys wrapped around your arms. I, so I invited them to the after party and that's where you came in. And I wasn't, why was I not invited to the, oh, three juggling three guys at the same time would have probably been way too much. You were invited to the after party. Not to the prom though. mm, Did he come to me with, I don't think he, I don't think he came with me. No, I didn't come with you. Yeah, I know. But the first guy didn't. Oh. Only the second guy. He, okay. Uh, yeah, no, he never went. Um, no, <laughs> I wasn't. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if I walked into prom with three dudes? That, the teachers even would have been like, The principal oh, would have scored me out, probably. Probably. They're homophobic asses. Um, no, but, hey, at least I got the invite to the after party. Well, yeah, that's where... That's where the shit went down. So I had an amazing time at prom. We had the the limo, the fancy dinner, everything. I got a lot of very positive responses. It, it was so funny and interesting. So I brought this guy who, in my eyes, is a very attractive man. Um, you remember him. I mean, you were obviously... Oh, yeah. He was a very sexy individual. Yeah. So he, he goes to prom with me, and we're there, like, dancing, like, two gay guys, just, like, living it up on the dance floor. And at this point, I was, like... I wasn't the most popular kid in high school, but I also, I, I mean, I knew uh, the the in crowd. You knew everybody, yeah. I was part of leadership, and so I was very much, like, intertwined with all these different groups. I was in, like, multiple different clubs and everything, um, but I was never, like, there's this crowd that I'd never super interacted with, um, which was, like, the, the it crowd. Um, and so I get to prom, and this crowd, all of a sudden, like, they see me just, like, in very much, because I was like, this is the last hurrah this is the last thing 
um, I'm just going to live it up. And so I started dancing with my date and then all these girls, the popular it crowd girls came up and they're like, oh my God, Logan, like you're my best friend. Like, who is this? And I was like, no, the fakest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, okay, now that you see it in action, you're all about it. But I was like, the second it's like theory, the second like it's, it's, um, not cool because I was getting, I don't know. I was dancing with all my friends and my date were grinding on each other. Like, it was Honestly. just your fucking night. Yeah, and these girls came up. They're like, you're coming to our after party, right? And I was like, well, I don't know why I'm getting invite now. But I was like, no, I'm having my own after party. And they're like, what? They're like, we should, like, all hang out or something sometime. And I was like, oh, my God, you've never shown interest in me until I'm literally out here being myself, being, like, my gay self. Like, actually putting it out on display with my date, grinding, you know, just living my full, to my full potential and I was like, and now you're attracted to it. Now it's something that you like want to post on Instagram on your story or something. Um, but when it's just me, it's not that fun. So I, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not taking this positive attention as a positive thing. Uh-uh. I'm going to go back to my after party with my own friends. And I was like, I have people coming. They're on their way because that was you and the other guy, um, prom date number one. And I remember showing up and we all were drinking a lot. I remember there was a you lot of wine were, bags. You guys were twisted when I, like, showed up. Yeah, we were already pretty drunk. Um, I remember who bought the underage kids alcohol. I don't remember. There was so much alcohol at that party, though. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. unsettling how much alcohol was there. <laughs> I And the amount of people, I like, a lot of them, I was like, why are they here? But, you know, I was all for it. I was like, yes, like, come in, let's party. And then I remember for sleeping arrangements, um... <laughs> People are joking about it. They're like, let's just throw all the gays in one room. They can have it. And they put us in the master bedroom. Big mistake. Huge. So night- I wasn't even a part of that conversation because I was already in that room. I thought because I was drunk as fuck, I had already stumbled upon that room and I was tired. I was like, oh, my God, I get my own bed to myself because everybody it was the part of the night. Everybody was like already kind of passing out. So I go into that bedroom. I close the door. I'm about to fall asleep. And then obviously that conversation happened without my acknowledgement and then i just see a the door open and people just start stumbling in there and i'm like Fuck. so drunk i was genuinely there's a lot of it i don't remember like i did black out for a little bit of it but i think i remember most of what happened in that bedroom Do i remember share or should i <laughs> okay the part that i'll share is that i remember we were all like in bed or like you know a maybe considering going to sleep and we then someone all opened chilling the door. out like we were talking and then yeah. they throw and then they throw Open the door and threw condoms yeah in. <laughs> i remember that that was there i was like wow you guys like, they care about our safety just because there's a bunch of gay guys in a bedroom you think we're all gonna fuck of course we <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> well so it was yeah so it was me you the guy that flew from virginia and then the guy that you just knew prom date number one yeah prom date number one and we're just like chilling there you know just like an any other day and then you know someone's hand goes on someone's thigh and then someone's hand goes on someone's dick and then it just starts going and was there full penetration i don't Mm -hmm. remember that yes yeah there was do you not remember i hooked up with prominent number one i just remember there was a lot of gurgling and choking going on and just heavy touching and heavy breathing but like it was 
it kind of felt like a jungle gym. Oh, wait, I do remember something about that what night. What do you remember? I remember I was just laying on my back, just <laughs> chilling, and then somebody was taking off my pants. And I was like, I was a free spirit. So I was like, whatever. I was like, I don't even need to know who this is. Not even thinking, like, who it could be. It's going to be one of three people. Yeah, one of three. <laughs> and, like, somebody is literally just, like, sucking me off. And I'm just like, this is so nice. And then I tilt my head up. And I see this bitch that's two feet away from me right now. And he's hey. like, hey. <laughs> and I'm like, Logan. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, immediately, I, like, get him off of me. And I was like, that is a no-no. <laughs> to be fair... <laughs> Not that I could put this on being drunk, but if I was sober, that wouldn't have happened. Still one of my there favorite There were memories. so many situations before that night that things probably could have happened. But you know what? They didn't because I was sober. But put me in a foursome. What am I going to do? If there's you a, could say it was a handful. Uh-uh. <laughs> if there is a dick, I'm going to suck it. In a foursome. That's the attitude. The last part of that night that I remember is like, I was, I mean, we were all so drunk that we all passed out, but I remember somebody like climbing on all three of us and just like making out with our necks, not really, Mm. you know, being at a drunk stage and not knowing what the fuck was going on. And I remember all of us waking up the next morning, one person had no hickeys on them and then three of us had hickeys head to toe it was gross it was disgusting we look like we got attacked by leeches i honestly i'm not gonna lie i've never been a fan of hickeys when people have that i don't think nope. it's trashy i just think i think like, it's trashy i just don't like come on like, like be class like bitch gotta work the next day there is like, a way oh my god yeah we have school the next day there is a way to suck on someone's neck and not give them a hickey there is a way to get that experience and not leave a mark i remember the next day i went to school in a tank top I remember yeah. that video. <laughs> I was so, like, back then, I'll be completely honest, I thought I was a badass bitch. I was like, yeah, I'm sexually active. What up? Like, and then I go to school the next day in a tank top. I'm not even trying to hide this shit. Like, I'm being so, like, instead of being discreet about it, I was being the exact opposite. I was like, oh, like, oh, look at this. Like, oh, this? Oh, oh, this? <laughs> like, oh, it's just a... Uh, and I would make up the bullshit excuse. I'd be like, oh, like, I got pinched. I was straightening my hair and it's the curler or I know. something. Okay, guys, you heard it first. Thank you guys so much for being here, of course, and listening. Please leave a five-star rating or just leave some good vibes, y'all. Don't even... Don't fuck with me if you're going to leave a bad vibe, okay? Uh, You guys have a wonderful fucking week. I love all of you. Blessed be the fruit. Goodbye.